Testing, testing, one, two, three. Bye, you need to stop. <laughs>
in our generation of TV shows were like the worst thing ever for some reason. Like remember like Life of the American Teenager, Teen Mom. Like I feel like Jimmy and I's generation of like younger millennials, all of the TV programming was like if you go if you're a high school student and you get pregnant, then that's like the worst thing ever mm. that can happen. And I'm like, why did we have to enforce that? Like like yeah, it's tough, but like there are other things that are worse out there. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, that is what it is. So if anyone has any tips for how to help our sweet little babies, let us know. We are consulting with a behavioral trainer and our vet. uh, So we're doing all the right parent things we should do anyways. Uh, She's motivated by bits of string cheese and sweet potato. Although the string cheese is easy to bring on walks. But the sweet potato, I feel like I literally have to, I would have to like wave a hot sweet potato at her face outside to get her. And I just don't think that's going to go over well. So if anyone has a nervous pupper and has any tips and tricks, uh, let us know. Yeah. So anyways, that was our chief complaint. Now onto the first chief complaint of the week which is i'm nervous to start d3 year and working on real patients in a few weeks so specifically they're afraid of the just the first few patients that they see afraid of the patients thinking that they don't know what they're doing or the patients having a bad experience and then not liking this person and then requesting that someone else works on them Mm -hmm. which is totally understandable right yeah it's i think it's something that all of us that are in the healthcare field have to grapple with is at a certain point you're just gonna you sit in there like, holy shit, that's a real person. Yeah. But honestly, okay, so these are my first few things that come to mind when I read this question. One, don't worry because the thing is, like, you will truly not be alone for your first few things. I, like, thought I was going to be alone, but honestly, like, between the TAs that are assisting you or your friends that help you or just, like, the sheer amount of people surrounding you, like, you think you're alone. It's just you and the patient. But really, like, you will truly never be alone. Like, especially because the faculty know every year around, like, May and June when third years start in clinic, faculty know, like, what's going on, right? So they're really extra vigilant. If you tell them, hey, it's my first, like, five fillings or whatever. It's my first, like, whatever couple set. They will so walk you through everything. Also, second of all, don't feel bad because for my first few patients, I would literally like drill like half, half, like 0.25 millimeter and then call the faculty to look over. They understand. So like the first few patients, it's going to be this little dance of being like, okay, I, I, I drilled a little more. And they're like, can you drill a little more? Like, I can't even see where you're drilling. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And then I'm like, here, here, I got it. Is, is this good enough? And then they'll be like, no, I need you to do more. And eventually, sometimes, too, don't feel bad. This happened to me, too. They'll take the handpiece and do it for you because they're like, we need to move on. This is, like, taking too long. So, like, don't you worry. It somehow magically gets done. But my second question to you is, what do you think happens if your patient realizes that you don't know what you're doing? Because that thought used to, like, really like get to me, too. I would be like, oh, I feel like I have to act like I know everything. Listen, like, the patient knows what they're coming for they signed up to come to a school Mm -hmm. also if they're a long time patient at the school they've seen so many iterations of students come and go they know what happens they know when we say excuse me one second and run out of the room they know Mm -hmm. we're looking up the instructions on what to do they know when we run out of the room saying excuse me sorry one quick question they know that we're like literally grabbing the faculty to help like they they know what's going on so instead of trying to like trick the patient into thinking because you won't trick them they will know like like they just know that we don't know what they're doing Mm -hmm. instead it's better to own it like i i realized my relationship and trust with my patients got exponentially higher they trusted me more they liked me more when i admitted i was like you know what like this is something that i kind of need help with and so how i frame it is let's say there's like a procedure i'm not so familiar with right 
and I have to go grab the faculty to like take a look at it. I would almost like frame it as like a helpful joke and be like, alrighty, so everything looks good so far. So the next step, I just wanna make sure because obviously like we want things to go well, right? So I'm gonna grab this doctor to like come take a look, help me out with something um, just to make sure that this is like the best it can be. It's looking good so far, but let's like bump it to that excellent, right? Like like we want you to walk away with like high quality, like grown up dentist work, right? Like I would always throw in that word, like, like you're gonna walk out of here, Mrs. Smith, with some real grown up dentist work. And and like that dentist is going to help me with it. And then they like it too. Cause they're like, okay, yeah, you know what? You go ask for help because I want the real dentist to work on me. They're paying student prices to get real dentist work in that sense. So I think framing it that way and being honest with the patient, because like, there's really no way to hide like how we're very new at this. <laughs> yeah. Patients are kind of like horses. They can smell the fear on you. And we're they, very close to them. They, so they probably smell they, a lot of things. I don't, they can't actually smell the fear. I think it's good that you're nervous if you weren't nervous to yeah. work on a patient that means you're kind of either overconfident or no that means you're like you're unaware just, or you, yeah or you just like you kind of like don't care in the right way so like this yeah. is showing that you care and that you want to make sure you're doing right by your patients and i think by being a little vulnerable with them saying like oh yeah like you know this isn't something like i've i've done a lot but like i'm just gonna you know, that, that's why we have the dentists here yeah. that can oversee it. Uh, so they're there to make sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to while I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. They understand you're a student. Uh, and most people are going to be okay with that. And if someone isn't okay with that, then like they why shouldn't are be at the school. Here? Yeah, yeah. There's like the, uh, there's there's people that just sometimes are not a good fit for the school, and that's okay. Like we don't need people that aren't a good fit. Like we want to tell them early on if they're not. So even let's say the the patient requests to have another student, right? go ahead. They can try out another student. Chances are it's going to be the same thing and they're going to realize that. So don't take anything personally. If for example, someone does say like, okay, I want someone else. I think the big thing here is like, you are absolutely right in that you want your patients to trust you. Right. But the thing is your patients don't have to trust you to do a perfect filling. In fact, they're not like really expecting you to do a perfect filling. They don't understand like measurements. They don't understand what makes a perfect filling to a patient. All you do is like literally fill it. Once the hole is filled, they're like, good, I'm happy. The thing that they have to trust you on. And the most important thing is that they trust you to like make the right decision. They need to trust that if you need help, you will know when to ask for help. The second a patient sees you and thinks like, oh no, like she's too bold or like she doesn't she doesn't know when to ask for help or like she's going to put me in danger. That's when they get a little scared. So make them trust you that at least you can make the right judgment call. They're not asking for perfection on crowns and all that stuff. I feel like when I first started clinic, the thing that scared me the most was the thought of like irreparable damage. Like I, like the second you drill into a tooth, you're married to it basically. Right. That's like what, what people say. Mm -hmm. That thought really scared me. But the thing I realized is like everything is honestly like, fixable in the dental school they don't they don't let us take on cases that are not fixable and if they are for whatever reason you know sometimes things slip through the cracks things are more complex than it should be there's people in place like these dentists with their licenses on the line they are really the true like last line you're there to get experience but other than that don't worry about bad things happening were you nervous to see real patients on rotations uh I'm nervous to see real patients in my <laughs> new job. So how uh, do you handle that? I didn't know you were nervy. Well, I mean, if if you're, well, I think my nerves are more like, oh, I'm out of practice with managing people's diabetes. And uh, if you mess someone's insulin up, you can actually kill them. I uh, mean, it's like kind of the same, actually. A lot of what like, you deal with is fearing, like, what if I mess something up? What if the people mm -hmm. like don't think I, they think I'm incompetent? Yeah. 
No, you just have to be able to trust yourself and trust that the education you have thus far has prepared you. There's a reason that clinic starts third year and not first year. Yeah. Uh, and, you, you know, you've been in there helping assist uh, on patients and stuff already, yeah. right? So it's... You, you're not you, completely you're, new. Yeah, you're not, like, so green. You know what this kind of reminds me of, too? It's how on board exams, you just walk in and you truly can never know everything, but you just have to answer enough things to get things right. It's kind of the same principle with clinic. You're not going to know everything, obviously, because you're just getting started and they know that. You just have to put in enough effort to just get things going, and then the rest will follow. The next question is, which is a really good question for anyone applying to schools, how do I find the answer to why this school? My goal is to get in. It doesn't matter where, TBH. I'll, t- I'll tell you how I tackled this kind of thing, because you always have to, like... Have an answer. Yeah, like, I, <laughs> like, I love this school more than the, like, every other school I want to be here. Yeah. Everyone that's reading these supplemental apps, they know you're bullshitting them. <laughs> just just know that off the bat. Uh-huh. They know what's happening. For my supplemental apps for pharmacy school, took I had a skeleton letter or kind of essay. Wow, you did? So I had a, an essay that was the, it was good bones. It had everything that you would need. It was, you know, pretty generic, but then I had little sections where I would get really specific about whatever school and say, like, I really like this particular aspect of this pharmacy school. You know, talk about the area. Be like, oh, like, the, you know, I always wanted to be in Boston or wherever it is you want to go. And just have three or four little pockets in that essay where it you can tailor it to the specific school. But don't kill yourself over writing different essays like like completely different essays for each school yeah. you can have a like a very generic a thing that you make unique to each school and guess what it's not like the school in chicago and the school in boston are going to be comparing notes like oh like what, she said she wanted pediatrics what, in this one <laughs> what did she say in paragraph two or three Part of what makes a supplemental essay like so important is it's just another opportunity to give the school more information about who you are, mm-hmm. right? So then I would try to like provide kind of like three different hitting points that the school specifically would hit. So for example, lifestyle. So okay, so the three points were something that fit your lifestyle and your interests, your hobbies, you know, like you as a person, not career. Mm-hmm. Something that fits your career, like what you're looking for from like your dental experience, and then something that fits what you want for the future, like your future goals. So let's say like this really tangential version. Let's say like, oh, this school is great for me because like I noticed that this isn't a location that is let's say close to the beach i love to surf i love to fish i grew up by the beach beach is what i want that's lifestyle right they're like oh they're gonna love living here two is career so say like oh i've always wanted to do like research while i was in school like your school has great research opportunities i saw from a previous news article that this senior did a project on this and like i would love to get involved in that professor i see xyz professor works at your school i want to work with them that's great And then lastly, the future looking ahead. Say like, oh, I aspire someday to like create a line of toothpaste that will do this. And like in the past, people that have created things have come from your school or just like something, you know, that like shows that you have ambitions past dental school, because I think they want to kind of know what your career ambitions are. Now, I'm not saying you have to like lie, because obviously you want it to be fitting you and you want the school to accept you for who you are. Right. Mm -hmm. Do that. 
but find three specific things I just mentioned that kind of fit you and the school. I remember being in that position and I was literally the same way. I was like, I will go to any school that accepts me. But Mm -hmm. the thing is, like, you're going to end up, this isn't like the match where you're bound. Like, you're going to have options or like you might have, I mean, like you might not have options. I don't know. That's fine too. A lot of my classmates didn't and like they're still dentists. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying, (laughs) you just want to make sure that like you're being as much yourself as you can on this application because what happens is, is let's say like let's say you like completely change your application to not be yourself but you think it's what the school wants to hear and then the school rejects you you're always going to have that little feeling in the back of your mind like what if i just was myself would they have accepted me and i think that is a worse feeling than to be rejected for just being yourself because if they rejected you for just being yourself then you don't want to be there anyways like it wouldn't be the right fit i think one helpful thing is kind of also like mapping out like the whole thing that makes getting into dental school hard is you have to know yourself really well because how are you going to sell yourself if you don't know yourself right mm-hmm. you can also ask the students so nowadays there are a million like pre-dental pre-farm pre or not not pre like there's a million like students out there with their instagram accounts message them and be like hey what is it that like makes your school special that you've noticed stand out from other people's schools what is it that you love about this school and those are things if any of those resonate with you as to why you like that school then that's great because that shows the schools like oh you like took the initiative to either ask like what's good about our school Mm -hmm. from other students or like you know right yeah i think that's like the best probably in as to why you want to be at that Mm -hmm. school is like the existing students and if you like toured it put a little story about like i was on a tour and um amanda this dental student said great things unless amanda's not good then don't touch her (laughs) i'm just kidding um (laughs) one thing too that helps is every school has this like kind of generic honestly page about their values it's like diversity research excellence yada 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 yes those are like pretty generic and every school has the Mm -hmm. same one but you can frame some like really good supplemental essay using those be like oh i love that one of your like core principles is diversity because Mm -hmm. like i'm looking for a diverse environment that will help me grow either you come from one or you don't come from one like you want to learn more um like those are really good answers because then because i feel like also when the admissions committee is looking for people they probably straight up have a rubric that's like does the student value diversity so if you put in your essay that you are looking for what they have it's like a seamless perfect fit they're gonna be like oh they mentioned diversity that's on our rubric you know right and i think this advice is all helpful for both dental school any 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 application also for residency applications, when you have to do a letter of intent, yeah, kind of going that same format. I had eight programs I applied for. I sent them almost the same letter. <laughs> I think I changed like three or four sentences. Make sure you each. change the right name. <laughs> yeah, make sure you change it. Make sure you have a good system for how you're saving your different word documents. Yeah, because uh, that's the only thing that can Imagine. mess you up. Imagine you like save the name wrong and you're like this school. Exactly. Like yeah, so yeah. that that's just stuff that you need to make sure you're doing if you're going with like this kind of formula approach cuz like that you could definitely mess yourself up there. Uh but that's why it's good to save that skeleton as a separate file too. And I think this is a good way to transition to our next question. Let's say uh, you get we, in. Yeah, <laughs> once you get in. What if you're having trouble uh with the curriculum and you're getting low grades so our next question is just about getting low marks in dental school despite despite studying so much and i think we've all been there where we studied really hard 
Oh, and in general, too, this person was talking about anatomy. Anatomy, okay. Ugh, All such right, a killer. Yeah. I mean, I still don't understand anatomy very well. She says, the hardest part for me is having all assessments in short answers instead of multiple choice, like an undergrad. Okay, that's uh, that's tough. That's uh, Was that how yours was? Yeah. It was, oh. So, literally, like, my anatomy tests were 100 blank spaces, mm-hmm. and you walk from body to body throughout 30 bodies, Whoa. and there's a little piece of string with a number, like mm-hmm. number one, two, three, tied to the organ, and you can't touch it to move the label, and you have to, like, name what it is. So, there'd be times where I'm like, is that an extra piece of string, or is that a nerve? Like, I literally right. wouldn't know. That's pretty stressful. I, I guess our anatomy in pharmacy school is kind of like that too, but not on actual bodies. It was so much uh, better because it was like a model and like we would buy the, model, the same model. The models are so obvious. It's like very uh, it, reproducible. It, it makes it really easy. Uh, but I think, yeah, that it, it's challenging if you're studying a ton and you're not getting any results. I think when you have an experience like that, that's a time to kind of reflect on how you were studying and see if there's maybe a different strategy you could implement. Maybe talk to some of your trusted classmates, not ones that are going to... Not the snakes. uh, Not the snakes. (laughs) Never the snakes. Never trust the snakes. Uh, But maybe someone else has a really good study strategy that you hadn't even considered. Mm -hmm. One class with a bad grade isn't going to make or break your whole dental school experience. Yes, residency is competitive, but at the end of the day, a... 3.9 3.9 GPA versus a 4.0 GPA. Like no difference. That That's not a big difference. Usually, at least rubrics I've seen, at least, you know, the pharmacy school end of things. When we are when we ranked residency candidate, candidates for programs, we're, we look at GPA, but usually the cutoff is, oh, was the GPA above like a 3.7? Uh-huh. That's usually, that's also... <laughs> that gets, but that gets you the full points. And then oh. if you're in kind of a middle range, you might lose one point on oh, like a 20. Interesting. Like so big 20, picture, it's point. like not that important. Big picture, it's not that important, but there definitely are going to be programs that only care about your academics. Um, but it, I think it's it's one of those things that it's a fact of life. You're going to, everyone should actually do poorly on a test at least And once. like experience that. It builds yeah. character. I think the biggest thing, that was one of like the biggest shocks and and dental school and pharmacy school was just that like all of a sudden in grad school effort does not equal results which really sucks and i Mm -hmm. feel you on that like in undergrad i feel like a plus b equaled c but like in in dental school it was like no matter how hard you work sometimes if it's like the wrong approach or it doesn't fit with like what the professor is asking or like for whatever reason there's a lot of reasons why it might not work out Mm -hmm. then more effort will not help and so there comes a point where, one, you have to really, like, not think about – you have to, like, one, strategize on how to put in less effort than you're currently doing, and that might help you get better results. Mm-hmm. Like, having a better strategy and studying the right things is better than spending 18 hours studying the wrong things, right? Right. First of all. So in order to get your strategy down right, that means, you know, going the extra mile, really. That means asking the professor for clarity on what they will be asking. That means asking upperclassmen what questions, like, they kind of remember them asking and what route to go with studying that means that means strategizing so that way you're studying with like the right people that help you instead of studying with your best friends that you spend 24 7 with if it's not helping you mm-hmm. so that's the first thing strategizing studying smarter not harder because studying harder might not be helping you right 
And I think the second thing, yeah. And then the second thing is kind of like what Jimmy already said, which is just, I think part of why this hurts so much is because we equate like, oh, if I work really hard and I'm getting bad grades, that means like I don't deserve the good grades. That means like I'm not smart enough as the other people to get good grades. We put in these like fake meanings as to why things are a certain way when really it could just be like your professor sucks at asking questions or something, you know? It's it's not it's not always about you. And I say that in a good way. Like it's not don't take it personal because a lot of times the outcomes are not are not because of you. They they're not things that should be taken personally. So obviously try your best. We want to put our best foot forward. We want to learn. We want to feel like we're getting the most out of out of you know what we can. Where we want to feel like we're on top of our game, right? But do that by like I said, strategizing, and then the rest don't sweat because also a big thing was anatomy. I it was like the worst class of my whole life. Like I was like this is dental school. I was like so upset and it was so hard. But before you knew it, like the months passed by and mm-hmm. I was done with it. And you never have to worry about it again. Like it's, it was honestly like the best day ever finishing my last exam in anatomy. That was like one of the hardest classes for me in dental school. Mm-hmm. And I promise you there is a light on the other side of the tunnel. But for now, just stick to those strategies that we mentioned and you're, you're going to be okay. I promise you. We've all been there. We know what it's like to get low marks and low grades but despite, I don't know why I can't say this, despite trying our best, but that really is, these re- these experiences really are what, like, help form us and, like, show us what we're made of. So go out there, kick some butt, I believe in you, and no matter what, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, kind of jumping on what you were saying about not studying, you know, not trying to do, you know, work smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. You just have to know what your limits are because there is, there's some science behind if you put, a certain amount of time and like your brain's not really retaining information or if you're not getting well rested enough your brain isn't actually going to be able to like take that information in so you could study really hard you could go over the names of every single part of the body ad nauseum until well past midnight and that last three hours that you were studying none of it's going to stick because you were too tired and you would have been better off going to bed getting up early that next day, or even just getting up at a normal time, you're fresh, you can apply yourself again. I think what I learned in pharmacy school, and I think this kind of translates to especially the early parts of dental school where it's a lot of didactic stuff, is that a lot of the stuff isn't like undergrad where you could study the night before and understand the concepts. There's concepts that are building on each other. They're more complicated concepts. They take a little bit longer to grasp. And another thing, too, to emphasize is I feel like first year, it's easy to get discouraged and be like, oh, my God, I'm only a first year. I have so much to learn, and I'm already doing bad at this. What Jimmy said is absolutely correct in that the information builds, right? So a page in a textbook that I would read D1 year used to take me, like, 10, 20 minutes to understand and read, right? By D3 year, I'm reading it fluently like it's my own language, and I'm like, all right, this makes sense. So have faith in the fact that, like, learning and memorizing will only become easier with time because you'll really understand that language more. Like, I used to be, like, karyogenic, osteo-whatever, like, um, radiolucent, radio, like, whatever. Like, I didn't – those words, it's, it's really like learning a new language. Like, remember when we had to do, like – vosotros and like weird like con- conjugations and whatnot in Does spanish anyone know how to i think it's only people i think it's only people in spain or something i don't know but yeah. um but like it's kind of similar right when you learn a new language your first few years it's gonna be tough because you're literally word by word trying to figure out what's going on by a couple of years you're gonna be fluent 
things are going to come together faster and it's going to be like speaking a language. It's going to roll off your tongue and you're going to read it off the page much faster. Like focus on the minutia that you think will be tested. Or like the muscles in the hand and stuff, right? Like the relevant things that, yeah, like if it's just focus on the relevant things that are tricky. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know what? We should do a whole episode combined about like our studying tactics because I think a lot of students would benefit from that. Oh, if you like what you heard, please leave a rating and review. That would mean a lot to us. Right, Jimmy? Yeah, yeah, it would mean a lot. Uh, I actually get, uh, Connie gives me a I quarter <laughs> every time someone, leaves, someone a review? leaves a review that mentions my name. Oh, wow. So okay. make sure you give me a shout out. Okay, sounds good. Uh, because I'm great. But if he doesn't get a shout out, no quarter for you. Yeah. I wonder if people missed me last week when you did this by yourself. The episode did pretty well. People wanted, that, that, people wanted to hear about dental school. Those are two, <laughs> two different related things. things. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We will, we will conduct this study. Because a bunch of people could have listened to that. Can't wait to hear what Jimmy has to say. And then like, they're like, just Connie? She's not helpful they probably turned at it off. all. So you guys, you know what? Leave a review. Include Jimmy if you want and give him a quarter. For just a quarter a day, you can support Jimmy's in the arm. I'm saving up. I'm saving up for uh, for a new Power Ranger. Uh, if I, I if I get like thirty more reviews, <laughs> I might be able to get one. Already, guys, you that know was what to a do. Low number. That's not. Oh my gosh, definitely not. I think. Well, okay, so twenty five. Uh, they cost twenty five dollars. I need a hundred reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Already, you guys get to work. <laughs> or you could just send me a Power Ranger. Also that. Alrighty, we will see you guys on Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Yeah.